Welcome to the Your Lender Buddy podcast. This podcast is designed to empower real estate professionals with industry knowledge that they need to succeed. Without further ado, I'll pass it on to Jordan Keck for today's episode. Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Jordan Keck, Your Lender Buddy. This week, talking about how to sell without being salesy. And it's, it's an interesting topic here because we've all got an idea of what sales is, but it's mostly negative. If we think about examples of popular salespeople in our culture, and if you're going to list the top profession of a salesperson, most people would begin with a used car salesman or maybe furniture store sales. We have this idea of, you know, sell me this pen. You know, you can, you can sell anything to anybody. People brag about it. But if we're thinking about in that sense, you know, the Wolf of Wall Street or Boiler Room, there are these really negative connotations to sales. You, it's rare that somebody comes up with an idea that a salesperson is a high-integrity, high-character, respectful person, great part of the community, you know, servant leader. That's typically not what comes to mind. And you see a lot of people in the sales profession that don't want to identify themselves as a salesperson because typically the first thing we think about is negative. Now, while there are lots of bad experiences out there, there are also lots of good experiences. The tricky part, though, is people typically don't identify good sales experiences as sales. Now, if you think about it, your chiropractor, your doctor, your financial advisor, people who have helped you along those way along the way, they're salespeople. They want to bring your business in. Your dentist is the same way, where they are trying to gain your business over your alternatives. But why don't you think about them as salespeople? You can even look at a situation where you bought something in a store. Maybe it was perfume. Maybe it was jewelry, where you go in and you feel like you're being served. Somebody is is trying to help you accomplish your goal. When even though they might not have given you what you wanted, you know, they might have told you, hey, we don't have that here, but there is another shop down the road that has exactly what you're looking for. That's still sales. The difference on that is what's your incentive and what's your motivation? You know, the negative sales approach is manipulative, but persuading people, persuasion and manipulation are actually very, very similar. The difference is that manipulation is with a different intent, with an incentive over your own benefit compared to that of your client. Persuasion is the act of changing a mind without coercion. All persuasion ultimately is self-persuasion. And so it's okay to persuade somebody. It's not okay to manipulate somebody. So let's dig into this a little bit. There was a, a favorite quote of mine by Zig Ziglar, and if you don't know who Zig Ziglar is, look him up, check him out. One of the original godfathers of sales, so to speak. Great guy. He originally sold cookware for door-to-door, I want to say for over 20 years. Fun guy to listen to. Got some great quotes. And one of them, my favorite, is he said, you can have everything in life you want as long as you help enough other people get what they want. Ultimately, that's sales. Everybody wants to buy. People don't want to be sold to, though. And so if your incentive is just to close, just to get the sale, regardless of what's best for the other person, yeah, that's salesy. That's manipulation. Don't do that. 
Manipulation is when you try to convince somebody that they need to buy against their own values, judgments, desires, and needs. You should never act in such a way that you hope your client does not have the same information you do. Said another way, you should want your client to have all the information you do. The moment that that changes, you're not acting in their best interest. Now that we've kind of covered some more of the negative side, let's look at it from the positive. You know, sales as a noble profession, sales as a, a great thing to be a part of here. I'm going to tell you with a story. This is a real story about a guy named Scott who's a financial advisor and selling long-term health care insurance. You see, one day he was having dinner with his best friend at his best friend's home. And they found out that his father came down with a long-term disease. He had to stop working. They weren't sure how he was going to pay for his expenses and you know, if he's going to be able to support his family anymore with this. This is his best friend's father. And when Scott heard this, his heart sank to the floor because he knew exactly what was going to happen next. So his best friend's mom and dad, you know, he said, hold on a second here. I have a solution. You see, Scott, he sells insurance exactly for this type of thing. You know, there, there's no problem. You know, Scott, tell him what you do. So the whole family turns to Scott in silence. And Scott said, I'm sorry, but I can't help. You see, for this insurance to be effective, it would have had to be in place before the diagnosis. And that wasn't even the hard part. The hard part was his best friend's dad looking him in the eyes and saying, so were you waiting for something like this to happen before you told me about it? He'd never sold to them. He'd never told them about what he did. So from then on, he knew that whatever he did, he needed to believe in it so deeply that he would be able to communicate the value to his friends and family and believe in it so much that he'd be able to pitch it to them and stop apologizing for what he did. You see, sometimes when you care enough, you have to care enough to go past your own fears, you know, to be a little bit unusual in that. You see, as an expert, you know more than your clients do. This is something you do every single day. You know the ins and the outs of your product or your service. You can't assume that your client knows those same things. Your job is to educate. You know, your job is, is I, I love to think of it as a GPS. Your job is to understand your client, what their current situation is, and where they want to go. Beginning point, destination point. And then as a professional, to be able to educate them and communicate your value so effectively that you can show them how to be able to get from where they are to where they want to go. Now, if you do that, you're just helping facilitate what people already want. Now, the part that really separates people who do this well is being able to understand that what people want may not be what they say. Now, I'm not talking about trying to create a need or create a want that's not there, but communication is an interesting thing. People often know the feeling that they want to have. They know the outcome that they want to have, but they don't necessarily know the best way to get there. It's very common for people to come to a sales professional in service or in products and say, well, I want this. And you can easily be an order taker and make that happen. But to take the time to ask the questions, well, well tell me more about it. Why do you want that? What's important to that about you to that? You know, 
you're going to understand their motivations in their situation, and that may not be the best product or service for them. In fact, you might end up turning away a sale because you realize, you know what, I could sell this to you because you want it, you think this is going to serve you, but based on what you said, it's really not. And I don't actually have the product or service for you. You want to go this route, or maybe you should wait a little bit before doing this. It may be against your own best interest, but being a true sales professional help, means helping that person meet their need with maximum efficiency and effectiveness. And turning them away sometimes is the best way to do that. But you're not sacrificing your integrity or your character along that line. So your first job, I, I think of it in the three C's, is to understand their cares, their capacity, and their constraints. Their cares or what are their goals? What are their needs? You know, if they're shopping for a home, what, how big of a home do they need? How many bedrooms? How many bathrooms? Do you need a certain amount of bedrooms with an office space? Is someone going to be living there? Do you expect to have friends and family over? Do you need parking spots? The next C is capacity. What's their current situation? Are they able to qualify? Are they going to be selling a home and getting equity from that? Do they have debts they need to pay off? You know, are there judgments or their debts that need to be taken into account? And the last one are the constraints. Are they currently in a long-term lease that they would have to break? They have no money for the next two months. Is there a pending divorce that's going to dramatically change your situation and they need to wait until that's done or try and close something before that happens? So by understanding those things, those cares, capacity, and constraints, then you can customize, force easier, customize the solutions to them specifically. Most people aren't going to fit exactly into a perfect box, but your job as professionals is to be able to figure out the nuances and again, customize what you do for that person's situation, for those three C's. You know, some people can and shouldn't buy. And if you do a good job of understanding those three C's, their cares, capacity, and constraints, then you'll be able to understand and basically tell them, you know what? I could try and sell you something, but I think you and I both know that this isn't the right time for you, or you really shouldn't buy what I'm selling right now. But here's what we're going to do. Down the road, I'm going to continue to follow up. We'll have a game plan, whatever that next step looks like. You still need to give them an option there. And nine out of 10 times at least, they're going to agree with you. It's going to validate the gut feeling that they had. Maybe you could have gotten somebody to buy. But at the end of the day, they probably still knew that they shouldn't. And so keeping your integrity high, it's going to create lifetime value, lifetime clients, referral sources. It's way more valuable. When you're talking about referrals and business, you want to make sure you earn it, not burn it. You can easily burn your relationships, but even telling somebody no up front if it's the high integrity thing to do, you're going to earn more trust relationships down the road. And as far as the last piece I want to touch on is when you're talking to somebody, when you're educating them, when you're selling to them, and I want, to th I want you to think about that in a positive light. Selling to somebody is non-negative. See, selfish pressure with no value is annoying and hardly tolerable. But passionate delivery of value is a gift. If, if you knew that you had the cure for cancer, but you didn't want to be pushy, and somebody you knew you cared about and you loved ended up dying, what a tragedy. I mean, if someone did that to you, you, they didn't tell you about it, you'd be furious. But you have the solutions people are looking for and you need to stop being timid. Deliver your value from a place of passion. 
learn how to communicate it and tell your story. Don't be pushy, be passionate. Now in future episodes, I'm, I'm going to be talking about how to do that, how to tell your origin story in a way that is natural to you, that is going to connect with people, build and create trust. But for now, hopefully this is helpful on it. Uh, be sure to subscribe for more great content, pass this along to your team, and let's elevate real estate together. This podcast has been brought to you by Jordan Keck, NMLS number 1017341, branch manager at Advantage Mortgage Incorporated, 5955 Shoreview Lane, North Suite 200, Kaiser, Oregon 97303, company NMLS 1770599, equal housing lender. Jordan Keck is licensed in Oregon, Arizona, California, Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Texas, and Washington. Until next time, thanks again for listening.